What were Jesus's last words? Go out into the whole world and make disciples. This Catholic podcast is all about helping you say yes to the final and greatest invitation of Jesus, the adventure you were made for. Together, let's explore what business, education, organizational leadership, popes, saints, and scriptures say about fulfilling the Great Commission. Welcome to the show, everyone. Thank you very much for being here with us. We have been talking about discipleship a lot, and I would say that we haven't yet given you something that you can immediately put into practice to start uh, planning a little bit more, to be intentional about creating, whether you work at a parish or in some intentional ministry, creating a plan, a strategic plan to go out there and begin bringing more people into the church. And that is going to change today because we're going to share something with you from our upcoming book that is coming out on December 8th. That is Go Make Disciples by the two of us, Justin Reyes and Dan Boyd, will be available on Amazon for pre-order two weeks in advance, and then it will go on sale on December 8th. Uh, but this is something that it's a, it's a basic framework. We call it a key framework that helps you get in the right mindset of thinking of your events in terms of the, the kind of the process or the track along which you want to go to make sure that you are bringing people to intentional discipleship. And that is the discipleship funnel. So the discipleship funnel, I'm going to share it with you. So if you are watching along in the video, you get to see this here has three distinct stages. The first is outreach and then relationships. And finally, discipleship. And I want to focus real quick on why we think we need to narrow down onto that last stage, discipleship. And the the short answer is because Jesus asked us to. He asked us to make intentional disciples. And I want to distinguish here between when we're doing things without a clear purpose or without a clear goal, we we won't know what success looks like. And it's very easy to to either get down on ourselves and beat ourselves up for not doing the things we want to do. And the problem is we just don't know what that is. If we don't define clear goals, then we don't know what success looks like, but we also don't know what failure looks like. And so if we don't know what failure looks like, we might convince mm -hmm. ourselves that we failed or conversely, we might convince ourselves that we're being really successful when in fact we haven't succeeded yet. And so this is all about defining your goal, defining where you want to go. And that is discipleship. And this is simply to say that everything we do should at least be pointing us and other people in the direction of falling more in love with God and uh, being in union with him and being willing to tell other people about Jesus. And so if it's not helping us do those things, then that's a good time to step back and say, why is this a part of our ministry? Should we be focusing on this in such a critical time in the church when we have people leaving and said, we should be focusing on bringing people back and making sure they never leave. So those are the three steps, outreach, relationships, and discipleship, and we're going to break them down for you. Yeah. And, you know, to your point, Dan, if you look at the funnel here, it's almost like an arrow too, right? And to your point, it's pointing towards a discipleship. But this episode is a good kind of tandem from the last episode. It kind of fills out the last episode because we were very heavy in the last episode about you need to have close, meaningful relationships. And that's true. But you don't always just find those by walking up to strangers, right? Or if you just keep looking within your same network, you're going to run out of people eventually. You do need to be doing large outreach things as well. You need to be cast in the wide net. You think of Jesus, the Sermon on the Mount, right? The miracles, people, crowds pushing in to be with him. But then through those interactions, they'd get to the next stage, which is relationships. He'd get to, you know, some of these people would get closer to him. He'd spend more time with them. They would decide, am I going to follow him or not? And then they get to discipleship. They get in his inner circle. You think about the 72, right? I would call all of those disciples, you're right? They weren't in the core team, right? Like a ministry core team of the apostles, 
but they were disciples because they were being sent out in pairs to make a difference. So, so folks, this is really important. You know, you, you can't just, it's too simplified to say, just do one-on-one -on -one relationships. You got to also be looking at broad scale. Who am I bringing in continually so this ministry keeps feeding itself and keeps growing? Right. If it was as simple as just do one-on-one -on -one relationships, um, it, I mean, that would take away like 90% of the effort to get there. But the problem is we, like all of the people we know on a regular basis who we could enter into that one-on-one -on -one relationship with are probably already Catholic or they're, the door isn't open yet. And so we need to, one, we need to establish trust with those people. But how do we find the people who are willing to go a little bit deeper, who are willing to answer that call and respond to the invitation? And that's what this funnel is all about. And let's start with the uh, the first, the widest part of the funnel, outreach, casting a wide net. And we're sticking with our fishing analogy here because Jesus liked that and we do too. And this is things that you're probably already doing or it's events that you could create. So one thing, the first thing that comes to mind is a parish mission. That's already a wide net. You're going to get hundreds, if not thousands of people who are going to come to something like a parish mission or some big event that you already have. But we've all had that experience of realizing after the event is over, wow, that was great. But what's next? What are all those people going to do? Yeah. How are we going to help them continue to draw close? And what the funnel is all about is making sure that we think about that next step in the process. And not just the next step, but the next two steps so that we, we don't just get people excited about a renewed relationship with God. We help them go beyond that. We let them know what's next. What are we supposed to do after that? And so if you're already bringing in speakers on a regular basis, that's a kind of a thing right now. It's in vogue to find a Catholic speaker who is a great, uh, a great presenter and has a really powerful message and can remind people, whether it's about the, the dignity of being a child of God or the, the, the importance of conversion, the importance of prayer, the importance of confession. There are people who specialize this and they do a great job of it. And those fit into this bigger picture of the discipleship funnel. And so and rather than seeing those folks as a silver bullet who is just going to solve all our problems, if we recognize them within a framework, a broader framework, and say they are the first step, that, that's who's going to get people in the door. And from there, then we want to have an opportunity for people to, to go a little bit deeper. So um, with outreach, it's uh, I, I don't want to intimidate people and say, now you need to plan some huge, massive event. If you already have events like that, amazing. It could be a fall festival. It could be a mission speaker. It could be a day of reflection. It could be a parish retreat. Um, so it, I mean, it, and when we say cast a wide net, and this is supposed to be for a lot of people, that doesn't mean it has to be for a thousand. It could be for a hundred. It could be for 50, because the goal is to, to recognize some of those people who are going to come are ready to go deeper. The, mm -hmm. Some who, who are going to come are already going deep with the Lord. They understand that, the, that intimacy with the Lord, and they understand who he, who he is for them and that they should live for him. Mm -hmm. And then other people are... Uh, they're ready to go deeper. They're not quite there yet, but they don't have the time. And that's okay too. But then you're going to have that third group of people who they come and they're both ready to go deeper. They know it. They hunger. They want it. Um, and their life is, is is at the right stage, you could say, to go deeper. So, I mean, these are, these are the people who don't necessarily have a lot of um, obligations that are they're pulling them. Actually, I use the acronym FAT, which stands for Faithful, available and teachable. 
uh, meaning that these people have, when I say faithful, I don't mean they're already like a card carrying Catholic who does everything, but more so they're open to the Lord. They're willing to, to develop faith. They're open to faith. Available just means that they actually have the time to give. And not everybody does at various stages in their life. And that's okay because there's always someone else who does. And so we don't, rather than picking the people we want to evangelize, we allow the Lord to identify who is ready, who, who are those people who we should open our, our lives to uh, and befriend and develop authentic friendships with. Uh, and then teachable, um, sometimes people aren't ready to hear a message uh, for whatever reason, this goes back to that. I think that passage from it was the call of Matthew when Jesus said, I've come to call not the sinner or not the righteous, but sinners. Um, and it's people who are ready to ready to acknowledge that they need the Lord that we can call. So that's all part of that first stage of uh, casting a wide net in outreach. Yeah. And so at the outreach stage, you might be thinking about what you do and say, oh, I'm doing that. I'm doing great outreach. Maybe you got a parish catechetical program and you think you're reaching all these people. But question, is it pointing people towards discipleship? Is it leading towards discipleship? You know, that comes through the middle stage relationship, you know, knowing people beyond just if they show up to the class and that time with them, really knowing them as individuals. Um, so I think it's easy to get stuck in either one or the other you're stuck always at the top in outreach or you're you're focused down below in the discipleship um to be holistic in what you're trying to do you need all levels so dan you brought up some great examples of outreach cast a wide net fun big things you know and depending on the type of ministry maybe 30 is a big net right you know maybe but maybe it's 100 maybe it's a thousand the key thing about outreach though is you have to go into it planning follow-up. It's something we address a lot in our book because I think a lot of times we get so excited about the big event, this big thing we're doing. It's going to be amazing. And it isn't until the week of we start thinking, wait, what about after? You want to be thinking about that the whole time. Where is this going? So I think as you move to the next stage, there's some simple ways to do that. Um, but Dan, I'll let you introduce that middle stage and then we'll, we'll dive deeper there. Absolutely. So that is build a meaningful network through relationships. And this, I would say that the fundamental piece to relationships is time. We have to be willing to spend time with people. And that means that we can't spend time with everyone. So we spend time with the people who are faithful, available, and teachable. They're disposed to go deeper and to develop a strong relationship. And this, this still might look like some, it could be programmatic. It could be still some event planning. Um, or it could be a little bit more intentional than that, or a little bit more uh, kind of by invite. Um, but anything that allows us to gather a more intimate group and help people feel that that call to go deeper and to do more. So this could be a Bible study. It could be a, a, a short, uh, small group. Um, really anything that allows people to gather and for you to spend a little bit more time. So if you think at an outreach, you're going to see people once, maybe a few times, like maybe three nights or four nights, if it's a parish mission, or maybe three days in a row, if it were a big mm -hmm. festival, something like that. Uh, but building a meaningful network through relationships, you could do this, as I said, through programs, if it was a little bit more spaced out and repetitive. So over a period of weeks, or yeah. if this was just the kind of thing where people were, were, coming back and they were involved in your ministry, they were involved in the parish in 
an ongoing basis and you had the opportunity to go deeper with them. So it doesn't necessarily have to be that they join a Bible study or that they're in your study group or, or your small group or something, but it could just be that um, you see this person every day for a year or for six months um, and they're coming back and you know they're interested and you know they're hungry and you have the opportunity um, uh, a couple words that we should get in our memory and we should never lose is known, named, and noticed. So once you start to know people, know about them, know their story, know their interests, know the things that make them tick and why they're coming and what what really gets them out of bed in the morning. Mm -hmm. uh, and then their name, of course, who are they? Who are their family members? Who are the people that they ask you to pray for? Who are their kids? Who, who's their spouse? Who's their family? And finally, noticed. Noticed when you're there and noticed when you're not. So, you know, if you see someone's, um, you know, they show up to this event and then you see them Sunday at mass, you say, hey, I saw you the other night. How, you know, what did you think? How was it? Those are key for helping people feel connected and mm -hmm. knowing that they belong to a group. And so uh, something that, that's also really important that we understand is that belonging precedes behaving and believing. And so for people who are coming into the church it's essential, I was gonna say important, it's more than important, it's essential that they feel a sense of belonging. They know that that parish is their home. They know mm -hmm. that your ministry is their home because that's what's gonna to lead to belief and behavior. Other, in other words, faith and morals or faith and ethics. Mm -hmm. um, if they know you care about them, then they'll listen to what you have to say. And so uh, building a meaningful network is all about helping people feel like they're a part and they belong. And they, they're gonna recognize in those relationships the value that comes with belonging to that group, the, the value that comes with membership in your parish or your ministry or your organization. Yeah. So Dan, I think you mentioned some like maybe informal ways of noticing after outreach, who can I build relationships with? You see the same folks, you get to know them. You got to pay attention to that. Who keeps coming? Also uh, noticing when they're not there, because if they don't show up and you call them and ask, how have you been? Are you doing all right? Boy, that goes a long way. But then even some formal ways you can do this. Uh, an example would be exit surveys after events. Okay. So just to give a, an example, in the area out here, we did a, a big men's event. It was kind of an outreach, right? We cast a wide net. We got a speaker. You know, we did it virtually because of COVID-19. And we had a nice turnout. And then at the end, we did an exit survey. We said, hey, would you like to join a group or start a men's group at the local level? And then we followed up, not with the broad scale, all right? We didn't follow up with all 100 plus guys that were a part of that. We focused on those guys that submitted the survey and wanted to be followed up with. So now looking back on that event, five months later, one of those guys, we got to know really well, he literally shows up to almost every fall event. He started a group at his parish and they just completed consecration to St. Joseph, a group of four or five of them. So now you think about that, you know, that went from an outreach to then a meaningful relationship. And now he, he was already a committed disciple, but now he's bringing other men into committed discipleship. So guys, it works and it doesn't, it can be tactical planned, things, you know, and I will tell you just another story. I think of, you know, at one point we needed our, uh, our youth ministry wanted to grow to hit a certain number. And I made it a goal for the teens, those poor teens. I probably hated this sometimes, but I said, you guys each need to invite five people to youth ministry this week. And I think I might've even made them report who were their five, you know, but, but that's how we got to our attendance goal we wanted. So I'm just saying you can be very tangible with these things. And, um, you know, you don't need to just wait for the results to happen. You can plan ahead. How are we going to follow up at this event? Say you do, uh, say you do a Bible, like a really great uh, Bible study event. Maybe you bring in some Bible scholar expert, and all these people come. 
plan a survey and after the event ask who wants to go deeper you're going to be surprised who signs up and let me tell you the worst thing in the world when someone signs up to get contacted and they don't get contacted you talk about losing trust right that happens a lot i've heard ministry fairs right the ministry never called me that could have been a, a disciple that could have been someone that that was their path to really serving our lord so so when you just when you plan those things you got to follow through follow through is key yes that's hard that's hard it's, it's easier to come up with good ideas than it is to implement them well, before we move on to our next stage, I just wanted to um, invite people. If you have, uh, if you've been enjoying this show, um, we would really appreciate it if you could leave us a review on uh, Apple or Spotify or Stitcher or Google, whatever is your podcast platform of choice. Um, and we would really love to hear with hear from you what you think we could do well, what you think we are doing well, and what you think we could do better. Uh, and the best way to do that would be to either send us a message on Facebook. You can find us on Facebook at Being and Making Disciples, or you can just email us at beingandmakingdisciples at gmail.com. Every time I try to spell it, I leave words and letters out, so I'm not even going to bother. Um, I think you probably, there's it's all just words, no, no characters or, or abbreviations. They're Being and Making Disciples. Uh, so we would love to hear from you and we'd also be very grateful uh, if you shared this with anyone you know working in ministry who you think would appreciate appreciate it so whether that's a priest or a director of religious education or a parish youth ministry leader any of those people we'd be grateful to you if you shared it amen no thank you for mentioning that dan this is for anyone that's been doing ministry for a while or or not at all you know and demystifying it saying no if the lord if you feel that tug on your heart the lord is calling you into it do not fear. There's a community of people around you trying to be and make disciples. Indeed. And before we, we go on, I just want to uh, talk about this blank whiteboard here. People might wonder, like, why on earth do you have a whiteboard calendar that has nothing on it? It's because I have a three-year-old. And so <laughs> <laughs> that there's artwork on there on a regular basis. And so you might think, well, I want to see that artwork and maybe I'll leave it on there sometime. But next episode, um, please. Yeah. Okay. I'll, I will not erase it. So I'm not erasing it at all. Um, and she, she loves those markers. So, all right. Our final stage in the discipleship funnel is the call to follow. This is inviting someone into intentional discipleship. And we don't want to make it seem like this is the only thing that you have to do. You just have to say to someone, hey, come be a disciple because there's a there's a, a process. There's, a, um, there's some skill involved in that. We've used the term mentorship and apprenticeship, and that's a, a real part of discipleship. Um, but what precedes that is the invitation to let someone know, I see God moving in your life, and I would like to invite you to go deeper and to uh, to allow him to begin doing things in your life that uh, that you want him to do and that are going to make you a, a just kind of a beacon of light. A, 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 you could say a lamp set on a basket so that the whole world can see. And um, this, I mean, you'll probably see here how we've tapered this down. We start with the outreach. So you get a lot of people, you get into mm -hmm. contact with a lot of people. Hopefully you collect contact information so you can invite those people into something else. And then from there, you begin to develop that network through relationships. And it's in those relationships that you recognize who's ready to go further. And like I said, it's the people who have, they're, they're faithful, they're available and they're teachable. And they're, the Lord is just doing the right things in their life. And it's entirely up to him who's in those stages. It's not up to us. Oftentimes you might think, oh, I wish that person, I wish this person would would have said yes or would have signed up. And they don't. And that's okay because mm -hmm. the Lord 
is preparing who he wants to prepare for his church. And so once you recognize those people who are ready to go deeper, um, in the, the one of the previous episodes, we talked about some really, really helpful books for making disciples. Um, if you haven't listened to that or you haven't read those books yet, uh, those would kind of be your how-to guides of what you do with these people when you invite them in, how you you kind of walk with them and train them in the art of making disciples. Um, but that's what you do. You say, hey, the Lord is, is moving in your life, and I see it, and I want to acknowledge that. And I just want to let you know, I think he has, he wants to, uh, he wants to, to incorporate you more and more into his plan and show you uh, all the amazing thing he wants to do with you. And he wants you to be his messenger and announce his goodness to other people. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, you've done what you need to do. And they say yes, or they say no. And they, they might say no for a very good reason. Like they just mm-hmm. don't have time. And you thought they did and they don't. Uh, and if they say yes, that is the adventure. So in the intro of the show, we talk about saying yes to the adventure of Jesus. That's the adventure we're talking about. Being willing to share with people about his goodness and being willing to listen to people and walk with them and accompany them into a deep relationship with them. When we talk about discipleship, when we talk about bringing people to the Lord, that's what we're talking about. It's not about numbers. It's not about, it's not headhunting. It's not carving a notch. It's bringing people into communion with the God of the universe, who they were created to be in union with. And that's going to fulfill them. And you are going to see that you're going to reap the the fruit of their own joy. That's not why we do it, but this is one of those gifts that the Lord allows us to see that he works with us to connect other people to him. Yeah. And I think, you know, the discipleship or mentorship too, a lot of it comes from just spending more time with those, with those folks, you know, making sure that you're keeping your prayer life and and uh, keeping your faith strong that, you know, and having those more honest conversations with them, you can be a model for them of, of the Christian walk, you know, but you always need someone ahead of you, right. That is mentoring you. So make sure you have a good spiritual advisor. And that's kind of the chain link. uh, If you will, you need to have someone ahead of you pulling you along as you pull someone else along in discipleship. Um, And, you know, you think, what does this actually look like? You know, I think, Dan, of, of uh, one time where um, you and I, we were living in the same area, we were able to invite a few guys to a small book study. We looked at Curtis Martin's book. And I think for some of the guys in that group, you know, they were already disciples and some were on the verge of apostle where they're doing outreaches. So, you know, it's as simple as that. You, you invite them into a smaller group, right? Like Jesus did with Peter, James and John. So you might have, you know, your big outreaches. Say you got a men's ministry, you got your big outreaches due, your conference, your large gathering. Then relationships you're building on the local parish group level. You know, this is just to give one paradigm. They're not always parish outreaches or things like that. But just this is just one paradigm for all of us. And then, uh, aside from then the parish groups, you might identify three or four men that really are ready to go deeper. You invite them into a team to start doing some things together, or into a deeper study on prayer, or just inviting them to uh, pray the rosary together once a week and then go to breakfast or go to adoration then breakfast. You know, it's all about calling people deeper. Because the smaller we, we get in those groups, the more we're going to be honest and open with each other if we've built that trust. So that's really what discipleship looks like. I mean, the funnel is pretty simple to understand. It just gets from big things down to small things. And the, the lower you go in the funnel, the more real, honest, and open the conversations are going to get. And that's where real discipleship happens. It's when guys open up to you about, you know, struggles, their pornography, or, you know, their greed, or their jealousy, or things they're wrestling with. That ain't going to happen up at the top. That ain't going to happen at out- outreach. But it can. But the relationship starts there so that when you get down to discipleship and those one-on-ones and those coffee chats, that's when it comes up, right? So it's about being patient and reaping the harvest at the right time. 
Yeah, absolutely. So the, a story that I, I just heard this from someone I work with recently is that it's outstanding. So there's a, a friend of mine who runs a men's ministry and he designed an encounter day or it's kind of like a retreat. But the whole point is facilitating an encounter between people and the Lord so that they come to this point where they realize he's more than an idea. He's real. He's a person. And so this was somebody who had been involved in the church for his whole life. And he is I think he's close to 70 years old. So to I mean, just think about that. This person had never really had an experience with Jesus in a personal way. Jesus was still just an idea who he was really, really committed to. Um, but he, I would say he would never, he had never met Jesus. And so as this, this ministry leader was sharing with people a new vision of saying, we got to be intentional about sharing the faith. We got to be intentional about inviting people in. This gentleman was a little resistant. He was like, mm, no, I don't think that's for everyone. That's not the call of everyone in the church. And then he came to this, uh, he came to this encounter event and granted he's close to 70 years old. He might be 70 years old and he met the Lord for the first time. And this is like, the Lord doesn't hold back from anybody. It's not the exclusive domain of the young or, or people who are hurting. It is for everyone. The Lord is, the Lord wants all of us to come to know him yeah. in an intimate, deep way. And this man shared at the end about what this was like and how he had never known Jesus in that way and how he needed to go home and he needed to tell his neighbor about it. And he needed to invite people to come to the next thing because he wanted them mm -hmm. to experience. And so Christianity is one beggar telling another where to find bread. And this man realized he found where to find the live, the, the bread of life. And he wanted to tell other people about it. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. That's what evangelization is. And my friend who was running this ministry had this discipleship mentality. He had a broader outreach of getting people involved in this ministry. And then he developed a network through building relationships. And then he invited them to this specific retreat so that they could go deeper. And this guy responded. And that's what the Lord did. Yeah, and I think your story is a good reminder, Dan. Thanks for sharing that on, uh, I think it's, I can't remember if it's St. Paul talking to Titus or Timothy, but he says, let no one look down on you because of your youth. So, you know, you might think, gosh, like, can I really help someone older than me? Or you might disregard people that are older than you. Guys, let no one look down on you because of your youth. Okay, if you feel called to lead and you might be the youngest man in the room, if God calls you to do it, he will equip you for the mission. And the other way around, if you're an older guy listening or an older, an older gal listening, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid because God might bring you someone you didn't expect that you're there to help. Okay, so just, you know, this paradigm applies to all of that, but just don't be afraid of, of boundaries we make up for ourselves. Indeed. We'll, we'll do a, a quick little review here. So the discipleship funnel has three stages to it. The first is outreach, casting a wide net, trying to get as many people uh, into contact with you as possible so that you can recognize some of them are ready to go deeper. And then that next step is building meaningful relationships through a network of people. And that will, again, let you know who's ready to to really be called to discipleship. And all of us are, are called to discipleship eventually. But as the Lord would have it, some of us are more disposed and it's the right time in our life for this to happen. And that final stage is you make the call. When people are ready, you ask them if, mm -hmm. if they want to, and it doesn't have to be this exact wording, but you ask them if they're ready to commit to following Jesus as an intentional disciple, and then you apprentice them into that process so that they become experts at sharing the good news. Yep. And just to add, you know, it's not let these things have to work. One, two, three, do outreach, then do relationships, then do discipleship. Depending on the stage of your ministry or your locale, it might work the opposite way. You might call three to four guys together. And then as a team of disciples, you go up and go fish for men. 
So the paradigm, uh, there's definitely the, all three stages are important. You might work your way top down or down up. The key is to have a, a really comprehensive, dynamic, holistic outreach. You need all three levels for it to be feeding each other. So if you are working in ministry, we would highly recommend that you uh, consider how you can put the discipleship funnel into practice of thinking about how you can have some intentional outreach with casting a wide net and know what you're going to do to move towards intentional relationships and be ready to call people deeper, be ready to go to walk with them so that they start to help you in your job of forming more disciples and helping people come to know God and share about him. So folks, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed this. Please like, comment, subscribe, uh, share. The more activity around these this content, the better so that we can enlist more and more people that want to be and make disciples.